Hello and happy Halloween from the <laughs> Super Mercado Brothers video game music podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the spookiest. No, I'm just kidding. We share and discuss the very best in video game music. This is going to be a fun episode. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Uh, Carl actually came up with the idea for this episode, mm-hmm. but I thought it sounded like a lot of fun. Uh, just in time for Halloween, we take a listen to some dungeon themes from video yeah. games. And what we're calling dungeon themes, it doesn't just have to have the word dungeon in the title no, not or at be all. for a, a literal dungeon. Some of these like are the from... stage itself has to take place in something like most people would consider a dungeon. It's kind of a loose definition. L- yeah, I think in video games when... I think of a dungeon, I think of sort of uh, an intense layer where maybe there's lots of enemies, it's a dark place, there's creepier music. Uh, The quintessential dungeons come in like the Zelda series, but in Mm -hmm. some of those games they're referred to as temples or palaces or labyrinths, but Mm -hmm. um, we're kind of considering anything in that kind of gameplay function as a dungeon so some of these could be castles or caves or ancient ruins right and i gotta say i'm pretty surprised this we should mention is the second time uh we tried out this method of coming up with this playlist and i'm really excited about it this is the second time that we did a collaborative discord playlist and so the members of our lovely marcado discord all contributed to a google doc and there was like over 50 um, picks that were on there that I had to then whittle down to this episode. And what I got to say is I was surprised with how <laughs> good the playlist is. Um, <laughs> I guess like when I think of typical dungeon music, it's very creepy and ominous, but it's not necessarily something that I think of being like really beautiful or like super strong music. I kind of thought it was like a, a fun gimmick idea, but the music here that, you know, this Mercado fam has picked is is outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think dungeon music is some of my favorite. Um, some uh, I, Koji Kondo, I mean, it probably comes as no surprise, is my favorite composer. Yeah, clearly I had those in my mind, but other than that, I, I wasn't quite thinking some about it. Some of his dungeon music, particularly like for Link to the Past, mm-hmm. uh, the Light World dungeon theme that starts with that creepy tone row and then goes Mm -hmm. into that kind of beautiful texture that's one of my favorite video game music pieces like ever and i I, dungeon music it's different and it has kind of a a different atmosphere but i think we'll find that a lot of this stuff probably resorts to cliche a little bit less than other locational based themes like yeah when we've done like a desert music episode it's just ripe with like kind of insulting arabic music it's a lot more diverse than that and one of the cool things about having this as a discord collaborative playlist is there's a lot of tracks on here that i wouldn't have known take place in in dungeon stages because the the title of the track might have might not say that at all and so that was kind of a cool thing like some of this you really would have to play the game to know that Mm -hmm. um so yeah this is going to be a perfect halloween themed episode maybe a little bit more subtle of a halloween themed episode than we've done in years past some of this music is not really creepy um so it's a it's a nice mix what you guys heard playing in was silent light from chrono trigger composed by yasunori mitsuda It's a great way to start off our episode. Let's move on to something more modern. This comes from E's Origin, which was released for the PC. This is Water Prison, which apparently is a dungeon-esque location in this game. This is composed by the Falcom Sound Team JDK. Let's take a listen to Water Prison.
You guys are listening to Water Prison from E's Origin, or East Origin, I should say. Falcom Sound Team JDK, this came out for the PC. Yeah, I don't actually remember listening to this track when going through that score. I, I would love to have a spotlight on, on this, or maybe this and E7, maybe kind of a dual spotlight. Uh, I always think of those scores together. Uh, this is an interesting example of a dungeon theme. Apparently it is one. It doesn't have any of the characteristic dungeon music qualities that I expect to hear. Uh, it's it's kind of pretty and relaxing. It must not be that scary of a dungeon. I do think that ostinato with like the the harpsichord. Th- there's something about that 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 puts me in the feeling of like the intensity of a dungeon. That there's yeah. going to be more action or possibly puzzle solving, kind of putting right, the pieces yeah. together. It's definitely intense. There's something interesting harmonically in this piece that reminds me of older East music, uh, which is that they kind of um, the piece takes place in a minor key, mm-hmm. um, but it has that sort of pickardy third sound which is where when you're in a minor key and you resolve to being in a one major chord and then it immediately cancels that out right um which is something that we've called out before in the ease music where there'll be this resolution um sometimes it's on a five chord like and then it goes back to minor right um yeah, that, that happens a lot in the series. <laughs> For whatever reason, it's kind of a quirky, um, atypical yeah. sound. Uh, but I love that that happens in this piece. I don't know if that's like, I don't know, maybe a reference to some of the earlier music or if it's just a happy coincidence, but it's it's kind of unique to this series. For sure. Well, that was cool to start off on a little bit more of a modern, surprising musical direction for dungeons. Let's go now to a prototypical one. The first one I thought of This is The Legend of Zelda for the Nintendo, composed by Koji Kondo. Let's take a listen to the dungeon theme. that extra measure there at the end of the form you guys are listening to the dungeon theme from the legend of zelda this is composed by koji kondo and yeah like i said it was the very first dungeon i thought of for this episode and it is a perfect kind of uh, blueprint for really classic old school dungeon music this is kind of set the stage for how to compose in this style. I mean, if you have a dark, creepy part of the game, I mean, so much is is evoked with these simple NES sound channels. So much atmosphere is evoked here, and it's so impressive. You know, that ascending arpeggio, just the quality of those intervals. There's just something creepy about it, but there is something also spiritual and, like, beautiful about it as well. Yeah, Koji Kondo's early music, to me, is just, like, so perfect, and it's so confident, and often is such a short loop but like you said it becomes like the textbook of a particular style or sound what i love about this dungeon theme and you could say the same thing about his uh, castle theme from super mario brothers um not only that it's short and creepy but it has this classical sophistication to it and yeah. both of them have a melody that's in the triangle and it's a bass melody 
Um, and <laughs> what really is great about this melody is in addition to being having these like chromatic contours and being creepy in and of itself, uh, it also has the function of a bass line yeah, in terms perfect. of that it's descending. And if actually, if you listen to those arpeggios, the bottom note, the whenever the chord changes, that lowest pitch actually matches what the melody's doing at the same time. Yeah, isn't time, that amazing? Which is interesting because Double it's duty. like, <laughs> yeah, it's a melody, but it's actually composed to be work as a bass line. He wasn't, um, yeah. He didn't necessarily write some arpeggio first and then just mm -hmm. work in whatever melody and put it in a low register. It The, the structure of everything is kind well, of also, unimpeachable. When you think about writing this for the NES hardware for use in a game, it was so brilliant too. Because if one of the channels cuts out for sound effects, you won't notice a thing because it'll be the, the delay channel. Yeah. So literally no musical material will be missed ever. So well, sometimes you awesome. miss it when uh, I always get low in hearts on the dungeons. Oh, um, yeah. And then you hear the bop, bop, yeah. bop, 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 and then true. it's dun, 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 mm -hmm. dun, dun, and it kind of gets more That simplified. is true. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, I love, love that it. little 5-4 bar when it turns around so and you good. have this kind of interesting rhythmic happening because one of the things is going yabba da ba da ba da ba da ba da ba and one of them is going da ba da ba da ba da da ba da ba da ba da ba da ba It's really kind of cool how those two lines interact together well let's move on to a piece of music composed by yuzo koshiro and it might not be the last time we hear from him today this is from etrian odyssey 3 for the ds let's take a listen to labyrinth 4 the blue sea temple of ritual i love this one here we go You guys are listening to Labyrinth 4, The Blue Sea Temple of Ritual, composed by Yuzo Kashiro from Etrian Odyssey 3. I love this one. When it gets to that final section, surprisingly beautiful melody, really strong piece of music. I love it because it starts out, the A section or the intro, is classic dungeon music. It's very creepy and it's kind of modal and atmospheric, um, just very vibey. Um, but then when that main melody comes in, it's just classic Japanese video game music. Very right. powerful and beautiful. This is a strong piece of music. Yeah, I, I think uh, 
a, a character that you could say of a lot of classic video game music is a concept called modal mixture, mm -hmm. which is when you're borrowing from one or more modes in a piece of music. Uh, I guess definitely more than one. <laughs> Multiple <laughs> modes here. And that opening phrase, da 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 uh, it actually uses the Phrygian mode, which is a mm -hmm. lesser common one. We talk a lot about Dorian. We've talked a lot about Lydian. Phrygian is the one where if you're just using the white notes on the piano, it would be from the note E all the way up to E. Mm -hmm. And that's how you're able to have that minor tonic chord with another minor seven chord right below it. It's really cool. Um, but the whole piece doesn't stay in Phrygian because that second part is in more sort of traditional minor. Uh, and that's what I love about so many Japanese composers. It's is so there uplifting. is this balance of like the color and the, the, the nuance of the world. But oftentimes you'll get to like a B section and it's drawing from more of like a pop music instinct of we have to have this sort of catchy bridge or turnaround. And I love that balance yeah. of there's like a songwriting craft and structure mixed with like a narrative quality similar to something like film music. Well, you know what I love about this track? It has a form that I love in video game music. It's deceptively long. And so you go through basically two full loops. And at that point, you feel like you, you've heard the piece and you, you, you think it's like maybe like a minute long or something. But then after like, I want to say two full loops, then he goes to this new section, um, which is such a payoff. And it, it really surprises you. And I think playing the game it just gives uh, a lot more mileage to this music. And so on the soundtrack, this particular piece is like six minutes and 20 seconds because I think after that final section, it's about three-ish minutes. Um, so you could consider the entire form three minutes. So yeah, I, just, I think those kind of deceptive new sections in VGM are always so effective and surprising. Well, to me, that, that, um, that B section, the chord progression of that, the mood and the arrangement just really made me think of Masato Nakamura in like early Sonic music, Labyrinth Zone, that kind hmm, of thing. Interesting. Uh, or M Marble Zone, I guess, not Labyrinth yeah, Zone. Yeah, for sure. I um, feel ya. But it, the, I, I really, I'd love Yuzo to do another Sonic game. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think it would be cool if he worked on like a sequel to something like Sonic Mania and got to do like yeah. a Genesis, kind of like he does for the Atrian Odyssey cool. games. But like, yeah, that would be awesome. That would be cool. Well, let's move on to another absolute classic dungeon theme. Not again, not one that first jumped out at me. And then as soon as I saw this on the Google Doc, I was like, oh, yeah, that is that that would be considered a dungeon theme. This is Crook's March from Donkey Kong Country 2, composed by David Wise. Let's take a listen.
You guys are listening to Crook's March from Donkey Kong Country 2, composed by David Wise. There's a fun piece of news about uh, Mr. Wise. Next year, he's going to be putting out a solo album called Salam- oh, Salamandos. I guess oh. it's a, yeah, it's like a collaboration with um, one of his old school uh, rare coworkers, who I think is like mm. a like an artist. And so there's going to be some cool art. Um, Sign me with that up. as well. Oh, yeah, so look yes. forward to that. Hell yes, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I is we've talked a lot about collaborations in video game music, and there's mm-hmm. so many classic soundtracks that have multiple composers, and sometimes there's a close collaboration, sometimes they divide soundtracks, but. You know, some of my favorite video game soundtracks are ones that are created and authored by a sole voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and Donkey Kong Country 2 is definitely one of them. And I, I, yeah. I, there's something really cool that every single piece of music in here was written by David Wise. And he gets to yeah. really craft this entire sound. And it works really well for a game like Donkey Kong Country 2 because it's so thematically consistent. It's not just a Donkey Kong game, but it's specifically a pirate nautical themed Donkey Donkey Kong game. Oh, so I love it, it. it's it, he's really in a particular headspace throughout the whole thing. The game is very diverse and is fun and there's lots of different types of levels, but that thematic through line is definitely there in the music and it's really nice to get one person's take on that style because he can kind of thread these themes together and mm-hmm. it's just uh man, one of the best video game soundtracks. No, it is such a clear tone and it might be his his masterpiece one of his masterpieces in his career um and yeah i think part of that was just the inspiration of the style of the game going for that pirate uh kind of send up uh, there's just so much really great beautiful vibey music that he might not have you know written otherwise sometimes when when you're sent off uh, on a certain trajectory, you just come up with things that you're like, oh man, I, I never would have he come up with this He might not have written on. it otherwise. There is yeah. no otherwise than David Wise. He is Mr. the only wise. wise. He is man. oh so wise. Yeah, the other thing that I love about DKC2, it's like this balance of this pastiche orchestra, you know, corn gold, old-fashioned pirate music, but mixed with his, like, house music, electronic, mm-hmm. techno kind of A lot brain. of synth stuff, yeah. I love that. It's such a unique sound. Oh, man. And Donkey so perfect Country for too, the masterful. SNES. And some of the best melodies in gaming, and there's yeah. so much music here, and he just outdoes himself. Uh, yeah, it, it is kind of... Mm. It, but it was the perfect choice for it because the first Donkey Kong Country, I think it's open and eclectic enough that having multiple composers actually fits and makes sense. And there's never a point when I'm playing the game that I feel like, oh, this is these don't fit together. These right. are different people. Um, but I think for a game with um, real thematic consistency all the way through, there's something so special about that. And then there's projects like, you know, the ocarina of time where it's like i can't believe one person wrote all this music or the early <laughs> final fantasies where it's yeah. just the seemingly so dauntless but one person gets to really make that impact and well let's really switch it up now uh, i love to do that in playlists just to go to something totally different one of the first games that i actually thought of i think i wrote it down on the google doc but i didn't know what track to do uh, one of our lovely members of our fam uh, filled that in nicely with a good pick this is Portobello Head from Crypt of the Necrodancer, composed by Danny Baranowski. Let's check it out.
guys are listening to Portobello Head from Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of tracks that would have fit this episode, and there was at least another one on that dock. Um, this is such a good pick, though. I have no idea who picked any of this stuff. Uh, so that's kind of one of the nice anonymous things about this method, too. Uh, this is composed by Danny Baranowski. The soundtrack and game were so popular. There were so many other, like, spin-off soundtrack versions. You could put on different versions of the music. I know Jake Kaufman actually did a version uh, where he took Danny's music um, and he kind of fed it through his unique brain. Um, and so that, that version, I can't remember what that's called. It's like freestyle retro or something. Um, and then obviously uh, one of the most recent projects that Danny worked on was the Zelda Necro Dancer spinoff game. Yeah. Uh, this track is another example of something that uses the Phrygian mode. You can yeah. hear it sort of towards the end of that. Lip- <laughs> it's so yeah, good for da, dungeon da, music. Yeah, da, da, da. Um, those two minor chords next to each other. There's something it has dark that sort about of out it. Of, yeah, it's very dark. And um, I think it makes us think of possibly film music. Because if you think of something yeah. like the Imperial March or Vader's theme, it's not really modal, but John Williams is just sort of constructing the entire progression out of minor chords. So it's it's this great sound because there's all these borrowed chords from other keys. That's so dark. But everything is a minor chord. So it's, it's this really sort of alien and frightening sound. And so I think sometimes when we hear the sound of the Phrygian mode because it has this it's like minor extra sound uh it i think can sometimes make us think of film music or that Mm -hmm. sort of dark minor chord palette well let's go to a dungeon theme and again i never would have known this was (laughs) and so someone must have played this game so thank you this is from fantasy life this is called ancient ruins and it's a different take on dungeon music it kind of has kind of has a european folk quality to it But it's a great melody, and it's composed by, actually, Nobuo Uematsu. Let's take a listen to Ancient Ruins. good melody here guys you're listening to ancient ruins um and yeah this could have been on a totally different episode if i if i wouldn't have known 
because musically this doesn't necessarily sound like some of the other music on this playlist. Uh, it, it's just a great theme, and, and, and I really am curious about the location in this game. Fantasy Life. This is, of course, composed by Uematsu, and might not be the last time we hear from him today. Goodness, this is great. It, Carlo and I were talking. It's really interesting. When I think of Uematsu, I love his early stuff, like the NES music, because it was a very different approach, the way he wrote 8-bit mm -hmm. stuff and those limited part writing. Really cool, um, more adventurous music than I think a lot of other composers were doing. And then I love, of course, the 16-bit SNES Final Fantasies are just mm -hmm. maybe some of his masterpieces to this date. I know everyone loves Final Fantasy VII in kind of the PS1 era. I'm not. That's actually my least favorite era of Uematsu stuff. Um, mm. But then maybe my maybe my actual favorite is like the <laughs> recent. I don't know, ten years or so. Like. I've never heard a modern Uematsu track that I don't like. Every time yeah. there's some new project, whether it's a mobile game or he'll do one piece of music for a Final Fantasy, or it's yeah. like I love it. It's his beautiful. more more and, recent stuff is outstanding, well, and it kind of seems like he's more like, of a seasoned composer. Yeah, he has this. I guess um, it's less. I don't want to avant-garde isn't the right word but it's less experimental his yeah. recent stuff he's like mellowed out he's less of a rebel <laughs> but he's become this like classical melody monk where all of his stuff is now is like perfect and beautiful That's and hilarious. serene the way he voices chords is like really proper and yeah. his melodies are very it's well crafted a little crafted bit more traditional yeah that's true it's interesting he definitely he sounds like he's matured and seasoned and maybe sometimes people could miss that rebellious side of like to me throwing I, stuff at the wall I but. know what you mean his 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 more recent stuff is outstanding I still think the 16 bit era is my favorite because that's this bridge it seems like where he's definitely becoming more seasoned and he's definitely honing his craft, but there's still that kind of raw power and experimentation and just mm -hmm. surprising composition. Uh, and so for me, I think it's that's a tough era to beat, but that is an outstanding piece of music. Let's move on to something else modern. This is uh, one of the two remakes we're going to be hearing from today. This is Secret of Mana. The remake that came out in 2018, kind of a divisive score. Um, this is at least, at least this piece is really good though. This is called Steel and Snare, and it was composed by Noriyuki Kamikura. I guess it fits in with the style of Secret of Mana just because it's weird and eclectic. Um, uh, yeah, so let's take a listen to Steel and Snare from Secret of Mana.
you guys are listening to Steel and Snare from <laughs> the remake of Secret of Mana, yeah, we actually had a quota um, of blast beats uh, every year yeah. of this podcast, and we were running dangerously low. We hadn't played anything <laughs> this year. Yeah, until, when I think of Secret of Mana, Steel and Snare. I think of like metal-esque double kick. Patterns. It's really this is such a quirky piece of music, but it does remind me of that era uh, because it has traces of metal, traces of like synth and ambience and. Um, yeah, this is like a really cool music. piece. It, it's a really, really good track, actually. Um, and I think it's so perfect for this episode. It's a great example of dungeon music. Yeah, it's, I like how kind of progressive it is and how the bass interaction, first of all, it, it's a very virtuosic bass line and it has yeah. a like, quasi-improvised sound. But that's the yeah. real sort of meat and potatoes of the music. I think that's the line that catches your attention, which, I mean, a track like this couldn't be any more different from, like, the Legend of Zelda dungeon theme. But there yeah. is that consistency of, like, the main melodic focus is actually in the lower, the bottom end of the arrangement. It's the bass line. Um, and yeah. it's not the same kind of approach, but I do think there is something to uh, a low melody, something that f- serves as the bass line and the melodic feature. There's something frightening about that because, quite frankly, it's uh, it's a destabilizing element um, in the piece of music in general. A bass line that's like your foundation. That's the building block that you make your house upon. So a bass line tells you what every single chord is. Because if you're playing a C major chord Mm -hmm. in any other instrument, but the bass chooses to play an F or play an A, it becomes a different chord entirely. And so when you have a bass line that's really nimble and active uh, and is doing something more melodic, it can kind of disrupt your emotional feeling. And I think that works really well for the different kind of emotional connotations of a dungeon So theme. well. Yeah, that actually was one of my favorite like new discovery dungeon yeah, themes me too. Uh, for this week. So that's outstanding. Let's move on to a Sega Genesis score, Light Crusader. We know this one. We've played music from this before. This is composed by Aki Hata and Katsuhiko Suzuki. Let's take a listen to also the very progressive um, and kind of all over the place, but awesome track, Dungeon One. You guys are listening to Dungeon 1 from Light Crusader for the Sega Genesis by 
Akihata and Katsu, Katsuhiko Suzuki. This track <laughs> really throws you through a loop. It sets up like four seconds of this like kind of, you know, medieval classical uh, <laughs> Baroque maybe uh, vibe. And then immediately goes into this like like kind of experimental prog sound. It's a really hard hitting bass line that's just in your face. Kind of the all-star in a way of this track. This yeah, I mean, is it, so it definitely good. makes me think of it definitely makes me think of progressive rock and just sort of the seventies in general because all yeah. of that medieval music plays a part in the connotations of a lot of those bands. Um, uh, that sort of mysticism and kind of psychedelic sound, but mixed with all these progressive rhythms yeah, well, and riffs. And you know so. what I love about this track, and I, I'm curious to hear if you agree, is to me it's such a strong piece of Sega Genesis prog rock. Like it really feels like these instruments are doing this justice totally. so much. Like yeah. I don't really have much of an urge to listen to this like with a real band or anything else. I just, I love the way that these instruments are just hitting you in the face relentlessly. Well, there's something that we don't talk about a lot, which is actually, I think, an advantage of chip music that uh, real instruments actually don't have, which is that when you're doing a pastiche, um, there's an inability to nail it perfectly you can't capture the exact timbres and sounds and right. so something that is right on the nose actually gets a little bit softened so there mm-hmm. is something to it's like hearing a piece like this with a real band and real guitars it might sound technically better but it actually would become a little bit more cliche and it might get lost in the mire of other like instrumental progressive rock yeah i think that's true it, to do it up completely authentically Though it's really cool, it actually makes it somewhat less unique and somewhat less special. Yeah, and I think fall through the cracks more. And again, one of the things that's so wonderful is, especially if you're talking about the 16-bit era, this type of music was exposed to, you know, kids potentially that never would have heard this kind of music otherwise. Right. And so it Dude, kind of that's blew such a good point. so many that, people's minds. There's an educational quality, like a tangential learning quality like music to video history. game music. Yeah, that it, um, I think it introduces people to styles that they might not otherwise have heard. But it's one of my favorite you know, things about video game yeah, music. For, for you, it's like, I remember one of the reasons you love the Aladdin soundtrack so much is you said that was sort of like your introduction to jazz. I know. And that's a little bit like kind of funny to say that but right. i don't know those 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 tunes hold up dude all oh, right totally. let's move on to one of the strongest dungeon themes on the episode this is so good i love this track this is fort dragonia from chrono cross another edition today from yasunori mitsuda let's take a listen
Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> this is perfect for this week. This is Fort Dragonia from Chrono Cross by the wonderful Yasunori Mitsuda. And I love dungeon music uh, that actually goes on a journey and takes you in some different places. And we've heard that a couple times today. Luckily, we heard that in the Etrian Odyssey track. We heard that in the uh, Mana remake track. We're hearing it here. Um, you don't get bored. I mean, I think if you just had a dungeon theme that was like three minutes long and it was just the sound of like the intro of this or just this kind of organ section, I think you might get a little bored. This track has so many different sections. It goes from like ethereal to like kind of 70s jazz to uh, like organ music. It's it's all over the place and it's all really good. Yeah, it's great. Uh, what I love is it starts in an idiom where if you say organ, I would expect like almost like a hard bop kind of, you know, electric organ type of approach. <laughs> but then it actually turns into this like quasi-classical Castlevania-ish amazing. classical organ. This which is, is really a cool. hidden gem. I got to say that I, I do remember it like when someone, um, you know, suggested this. I was like, oh, yeah, I think I do remember this. But it, for whatever reason, it, it definitely wasn't on our Chrono Cross episode, I don't think. Um, and I could see it being kind of maybe forgotten. Maybe it's a slightly deeper cut from mm-hmm. the score but again what what a good excuse to play this track we never would have probably played this on an really episode. strong i love the interaction um between the drum set part and the other elements of the rhythm yeah section. the fretless I mean, bass, that fretless bass really holds up but especially in the i gotta you know, say like that the, how sparse the drums are it's really yasunori cool. mitsuda like the sounds that he got on the ps1 and his composition one of the strongest composers for that system like i don't hear a lot of kind of uh, growing pains for him working on this, going from the SNES to the PS1. It, for him, it just seemed like such a natural progression. Um, so, yeah, what yeah, a great composer. True. Let's move on to this week's Track of the Week. This is The Fortress from Super Mario World. Kind of an easy choice for us. Uh, this captures everything that I love about dungeon music. This is, of course, composed by Koji Kondo. And one fun thing we're going to do because it was another pick on here. Uh, I I actually added, this is maybe the first or second thing I added on the doc. And then later on, someone added a remix by Family Jewels, who's this great guitarist, this kind of thrashing metal remix of this. And so what we'll do is we'll play this. And as we're discussing, I think we're going to fade in the remix. You guys can hear a little bit of that in the background as well. Let's take a listen to Fortress. Thank you. 
You guys are listening to Fortress from Super Mario World, composed by Koji Kondo. This is this week's track of the week. And in a little bit here, after we discuss, we're going to hear a wonderful remix by Family Jewels. Yeah, what I love so much about this is it's a perfect example of how to do dungeon music, but it was taking a melody that wasn't originally composed for a dungeon. And it's so natural here. It's insane. Well, I, yeah, I think the um, the heavy lifting is all due to the arrangement and yeah. the harmonic choices. Uh, something that I so love about this piece, and what, something that I love about Koji Kondo in general, is I think so many people are dismissive of him because of how accessible his music is. And that's a trend that yeah. happens all over the place in music. And it's something that I just don't abide at all because it's... Uh, yeah, it's it's an excuse not to think because what Koji Kondo does is so much more difficult than what most composers do because he's not formulaic. Well, he's and so much like more diverse this, than people give him credit for. It's such a strange form that it starts with that yeah, da, 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 and that never repeats. Once we get into this crazy yeah, Bachian organ arpeggio, it, that section just loops. And so it's interesting. It's almost like he had two different approaches to yeah, you know what I wonder? scoring that thing. When I listened to this is I actually wonder if he had two different ideas for how to do it and then he decided to just put them together. I could see yeah, that being the case. Yeah, but I love how daring the the form is and how it just it really opens up like an actual piece of classical music and the voicing of those like diminished arpeggios is just awesome. Oh god. And we talked today about how his music maybe in the NES era kind of laid the foundation for certain approaches and styles. I think he laid the foundation for how to do Super Nintendo music. I mean, the way that he used these samples, one of the first games released for the system, and it holds up to this day. It sounds excellent. Yeah. Uh, he gets a lot of atmosphere uh, and space out of this. And so, yeah, he. Well, and out of the composition, an too. You know, it, it, another thing I love about Koji is whether you're talking about the NES or Super Nintendo. His polish is rarely from the sounds themselves. They always are timeless and hold up, but it's never flashy. His atmosphere comes from the music, the harmonic sophistication and the detail of his writing. It's not about um, using technology or flashy sounds. It's like mm -hmm. he's doing something more sophisticated. And you can hear the difference. It's like when other composers write in the Mario or Zelda series, they often kind of dumb down the ideas. Um, yeah, and not to interrupt you, Will, but here, you guys, in the background, you're hearing Family Jewels' amazing, authentic metal cover of this. I think this is outstanding. I think, actually, Koji Kondo would smile listening to this. Right, because I think he always imagined himself to be, like, a progressive rock. He always wanted to be in a band Dude, like that. And, and I gotta say, those lines, those sound phenomenal as being, like, tapped mm -hmm kind of metal shredding lines and yeah i sure. think uh, family jewels did a great job of he clearly respects and loves the original so it's very authentic but he's going all out to make it this like bombastic metal uh piece yeah so amazing remix of an amazing <laughs> source tune uh that kind of spoils you wow okay let's move on to another one of the strongest picks on the playlist today outstanding piece right here and we're going to go into the modern era Octopath Traveler. This is Beneath the Surface, which is a dungeon-esque area in this game. This is composed by Yasunori Nishiki, who did an outstanding job. Definitely the best score, in my opinion, uh, in 2018. That was outstanding. Um, 
this is also kind of a surprising direction for dungeon music. It does not sound like typical dungeon music, even for a typical JRPG. I think it, it really surprised me. One of the more beautiful themes in the whole game. Let's take a listen to Beneath the Surface. God, that's amazing. You guys are listening to Beneath the Surface, and really this is like a one, two, three punch here, you know, going from the Chrono Cross theme to the Mario World theme to this, maybe the best three tracks of the day right in a row. This is composed by Yasunori Nishiki, and I remember when I was watching Joe play this game, uh, I do remember this piece very well, and I do remember this the areas that, that would use this piece, uh, and I was just blown away by it. And it adds so much vibe and atmosphere and like emotion to the game. Um, I think it's a good game, and I think a lot of people really love it, but I've said this before, but to me, like the experience of at least watching this game and maybe playing this game, the music adds like 60% of the experience. Right. I mean, I think you could say that about any classic like rpg kind yeah of game. it's doing such so heavy lifting especially on an emotional level right yeah and it's a really cool approach to how they scored octopath traveler and i think it's um it's a nice way of realizing the 16-bit snes sound in a mm-hmm. modern approach where it's this sort of chamber orchestra sound um, and it, it really works and it, there's beautiful playing and the music is very much a love letter to the Super Nintendo. God, that's good. Let's move on to another another modern RPG score. This is Atelier Liddy and Sueli. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that, Suel. Um, this is not the most recent um, Atelier game that we focused on, the one I think that came before that. This is, of course, composed by the Gust sound team. Let's take a listen to A Rustic Forest.
you guys are listening to a rustic forest this one kind of reminds me of that fantasy life track you're getting some kind of fun and playful folk vibes here this is from atelier i guess i would say liddy and suel uh, however you pronounce that this is composed by the gust sound team and this score was actually worked on by one of my favorite ex-members of the Gus Sound team, Tatsuya Yano. I'm a big Yano fan. Yeah, this, again, uh, not the type of vibe I was expecting when I had the idea for this episode, but it was such a delight to go through all these picks and to hear a lot of surprising eclecticism. Well, this track is very deceptive because it starts off making you think it's going to be sort of textural and creepy with those like aleatoric flute stuff and creepy sliding strings. And yeah, then right? it turns into this like campy, old fashioned piece of music with accordion. And yeah, it's just great. It's delightful. Yeah. Good samples here. This is a good sound. Good composition. Well, I said uh, earlier that we had an, uh, that was one of two remake soundtracks we're featuring. We're going to feature another 2019 remake. This is Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. So good. Maybe so, Ryo Nagamatsu's masterpiece. Oh, so, so good. And so many different <laughs> tracks we could have played. So many different ones. We're going to go with this one. This is Angler's Tunnel. Let's take a listen to this from Link's Awakening. is classic dungeon music folks the wonderful Ryo Nagamatsu I absolutely adore this man uh, I love that as of late he he likes to interject uh, you know kind of solo brass instruments this is such an eclectic piece of music you have mm-hmm. kind of NES style um, you know pulse <laughs> instruments kind of fading in and out to add atmosphere you have that solo trombone you have well, what's kind cool of these is the Link's Awakening creepy strings. It's a, it's a remake, and the soundtrack is all a remake of the soundtrack. But what mm-hmm. I love what he does with the dungeon themes is they're all sort of arrangements, more or less, of the same Game Boy piece of music. Mm-hmm. And so what we're hearing with those da 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 dun da 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 dun that's referencing the original track. But this is one of the more creative ways that he kind of sends up that material and writes a new theme around it in a completely different more subdued harmonic palette it's not as overtly creepy as the original source tune yet he does go for that in other of the dungeon Mm -hmm. themes but he finds a way to make each dungeon 
feel unique and specific. This piece of music is is such an achievement because it does so many different things simultaneously. It has the elements of the original. It has new material. It is a little bit creepy, and it has kind of those those qualities you want for dungeon music. But it is very interesting to listen yeah. to as a piece of music. It's very ambiguous too. The 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 chords aren't overly dark they're not overly happy mm-hmm. they're kind, kind of, of floaty amb- ambivalent and ambiguous in that sort of brass melody it does remind me of something like Gruce's theme from skyward sword yeah. um it, it's a really great sound yeah what i love about zelda music is there's so many different composers who've worked at it but for the most part there's like this common language that most of them agree on and i love yeah. that that it's kind That's of like pretty everyone's amazing. building this um kind of world together together. yeah Yeah. well guys it is uh you know getting close to halloween and so we do have to have some classic creepy dungeon music and so don't worry we're gonna have another one of those this is from super castlevania 4 let's take a listen to torture chamber and this game was composed by masanori adachi and taro kudo here we go You guys are listening to Torture Chamber from Super Castlevania 4, composed by Adachi and Kudo for the Super Nintendo. Yeah, it's good to get some classic creepy dungeon music. Again, I think there's probably a couple of different stage themes that could have worked today from this game. Um, yeah, you have to have uh, an appearance from Castlevania. I gotta say, this is a hot take, I because I love Castlevania, but Super Castlevania 4 uh, just for the most part does not do it for me uh it's such a no, departure not for me either stylistically from the first three games where it, it doesn't fit because the game itself is like a heightening of everything that was great about the first three castlevanias um yeah. it might be one of the stronger titles in the whole series in the music i know it's definitely going for a more serious creepy sound than like the sort oh, of campy yeah. fun rock but the gameplay is still kind of fun classic whipping bad guys I guess my action. opinion is I think there's a place for tracks like this. I just think that there could have been maybe a little bit more of a balance. Um, and well, I think and I guess that I, they really went far and hard into this direction. The issue that I feel with Super Castlevania 4, I love creepy atmospheric music like this, but I want to know that I'm in good hands. And what doesn't make me feel super confident is that when there are more melodic pieces, mm-hmm. they don't 
seem that well written to me. Well, or, the problem is that for the series, it's like almost every game that came out, they would, for whatever reason, just get an entirely new cast of composers. Oh, never mind. We'll just get this person. Every single time switching it up. And they got lucky. Until they get to, like, Machiri Yamane. <laughs> but, ev- yeah, eventually, you know, their luck is going to run out. I mean, the composers that worked in Castlevania 3, for example, what are the odds that they would be able to write some of the best music in the series? Um, yeah, and for whatever reason, some of these composers from 4... Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't maybe necessarily hold them in in as high esteem. Um, it's a score that is incredibly functional, though, uh, and I know people. Yeah, I love the sound. Really I mean, like we, it. We did that game, Occultus, that we finished that soundtrack about a year ago. Around yeah, we the used time some of, of these Halloween. samples. We use a that. lot of the Super Castlevania four sounds, and there it's were a good some piece of tracks that were like references. But yeah, in general, I think it's sort of disappointing in the series. Yeah, I feel you. Let's move on to another Yuzo Koshiro composition, and I love this track, and I was excited to uh, include this. This is one of my picks. Uh, This is called The Lost King's Scepter Dungeon, and it's from the game Sorcerian, which basically feels like... um, like the sister game to East because it's a Yuzo Koshiro Mako Ishikawa uh, collaboration again on the PC-88 that was like either the same year or maybe the year after. And so it, it kind of, if you love that East music and you know have some more gas in your tank, definitely check out Sorcerian. This is such a good track. Let's take a listen. so good. I love Yuzo Koshiro. You guys are listening to The Lost King Scepter Dungeon from Sorcerian for the PC-88. And This um, sound does feel very classic. Oh, it really does. Oh, and the composition, too. I love this era of Koshiro. So good. I guess there are some elements of this that could fit for a dungeon, um, but overall, it's just that classic kind of empowering, rocking Koshiro sound. You know what's crazy is music that we discovered in the early days of the podcast, now I think that's long enough ago that <laughs> it's almost like earned nostalgia. nostalgia. Yeah, um, I totally and, agree. Because we, Carl we never and I had play a, these games. Well, Carl and I had a crazy realization uh, when we were driving up to Duluth for this little um, film festival thing that uh, the three of us, Carl, Marty, and I were mm-hmm. speaking at. Um, oh my Carl gosh, were driving yeah. together. And then that I was realized, insane when I'm, we realized that. Because there's a huge age difference between Carl and I. It's like seven or eight years. 
and we realized that I'm now the same age that Carl was when we started the podcast, which Crazy. for reference, that means that I was like 16 when we started. Uh, and now I'm 24 Absolutely and Carl crazy. was 24 when we started. So it's I couldn't like, believe we've that been when doing you told that me that long enough that it's bridged the age gap between the two of us. And fun fact, so now I'm, f- now I'm 50. Yeah. So, um, you actually, yeah. once you reach a certain age, you getting two years for every one year. Yeah. It just basically goes exponential. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of how, I, that, I how that whole thing works. I the really was wanting age. that when I was a lot younger, but I'll, I'm happy to wait. No, I do have grays, uh, and I do have back aches when I wake up, so it's it's not fun. No, but it's, you it's have a house fun. now, so I mean, yeah, that's it's mostly fun. Adult, it's mostly fun. This is exciting. This episode you guys are hearing is the first episode I'm recording in our new house. I'm really, really excited and happy, and so hopefully it sounds it's good. It's a really cool house. Like I was kind of jealous when we were moving <laughs> in. I'm like, oh man. Uh, this seems this seems nice. I could... yeah. I mean, my my kind of music studio space. I'm just so over the moon about. Uh, it's just a space where I can record and I can work it's a and huge I can basement play yeah. music. It's it's awesome. Um, let's move on to the other contribution today from Nobuo Uematsu, and of course, it's going to be from the Final Fantasy series. This is a great track. It's from Final Fantasy Nine. It's Pandemonium, and even if you just saw that title. It might lead you to believe that this is a callback from the NES area. Yes, it's a callback to Castle Pandemonium. But it's kind of like this very slow, emotional church organ uh, remix of Castle Pandemonium. And it's really well done. Let's take a listen to Pandemonium. guys are listening to pandemonium from final fantasy 9 which is a wonderful callback to castle pandemonium which was much faster in originally i want to say uh final fantasy 2 um for the famicom this is composed by nobuo uematsu such a good choice to go back to that theme so many years later in such a different context i think uh, being a fan of the series hearing that must have been really special yeah, definitely. It's a cool organ arrangement. A very bombastic sort of registration. Like the pedals mm-hmm. are in like four different octaves. Yeah. Uh, that low line has that like rattling. I play organ uh, in church. Uh-huh. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I kind of like. I, I you should play this. I was curious <laughs> to see like how authentic this was. I do play, I quote some video game music. 
occasionally. Um, but awesome. I probably wouldn't do something this bombastic because <laughs> uh, I, it, 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 contrary to what people think, this type of thing I don't think really fits in like a modern day yeah church. You can't really play um, baroque sounding, demonic, evil kind right. of music. You have to play more kind of subdued. People don't want intense organ in your face all the time. Even though sometimes when I'm there, like late at night practicing, I just I that's so I awesome. go nuts with like wild dark. He goes ham, sounding stuff. Yeah, let's I move go on to on the organ. <laughs> oh, I think you've made that joke before, but it's still good. Let's move on to a slightly deep cut SNES score that's so so good. This is Dual Orb Two, composers Nobuyuki Hara and Yu Yoshida. And I loved when I saw this on the Google Doc that this was getting some love. This is Final Dungeon from Dual Orb 2. This is so good. It almost sounds like a Zelda piece here. Final Dungeon, very heroic and exciting from Dual Orb 2. If the dungeon music is this good, just imagine how good the rest of the score is. This is composed by Hara in Yoshida. Um, yeah, it still boggles my mind how good this score is. I don't think it's that popular of a game. And also, these composers, like, I've looked into them, and it seems like by far the best thing that either of them have done. They just went all out on this score. Yeah, Dual Orb 2. Yeah, that's a classic one. Um, one of those ones that we played on the podcast several times. But yeah, it's a it's classic not... only because we have this podcast. I know. It's just like uh, an absolute classic Mark Davis fishing master. It's fishing you know? master level of classic. Yeah, Dual Orb 2 is a gift that keeps on giving. Um, there is a Dual Orb 1 that I actually haven't listened to that I think is also the SNES. So wait, I'm sorry. Now that I, I just I got distracted, now that we're we've done the podcast for so long how how long are we going to go are we going to be doing this when we're like 70 80 <laughs> 90 is this like our last a will and testament is talking about video game music i wonder if podcasts will be outlawed by that time anyway i don't know yeah, god i hope so they should say that like no one now can start a new podcast because there's already too many there's of them. too many there's been too many for years you, yeah. or you have to reserve a space kind of like in television that there is designated people who get these well, that hey that's kind of cool because frequency. then when, so then when, if someone quits a podcast well yeah then, exactly when we're ready to quit we'll just hand the reins over to, to some new whippersnappers and we'll still call it super mercado brothers yeah that's that. It's kind of like when no, you move I, out I of the house. I don't like that idea. I mean, they can <laughs> they can have a podcast, but we're the Marcado brothers. <laughs> That's so funny. All right, let's move on to the second to last track of the day. Um, this is a Jake Kaufman track from Shantae, half genie hero. Let's take a listen to how he does dungeon music. This is Hypno Baron's Castle. <laughs>
catchy and groovy. This is Hypno Baron's Castle from Shantae Half Genie Hero, composed obviously by Jay Kaufman. And um, again, some modal mixture, some techniques that we've heard a lot today. Probably more than half of the tracks uh, have a similar style of incorporating some modal mixture, which is a perfect thing to evoke the darkness of a dungeon. Yeah, definitely. And just the sound of kind of borrowed chords outside the key in general and a little bit of chromaticism. It sounds classical, but it's obviously very funky and Yeah, not a lot of the other composers would do it with a dance beat but oh, hey that's Jake so freaking loud we 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 <laughs> record these podcasts remotely for the most part and mm-hmm. um we I press play and it like I'm deaf now <laughs> I'm Beethoven yeah well I you got to know geez. by this point when you see Jake on the playlist know, just turn know, the volume down I know, before you I wasn't thinking yeah he masters why does he got to limit it so loud so loud it's I like love it's it. so loud that it, it you can hear it almost like clipping. It's ridiculous. I love it. I, I mean, because it's like that's how I want to listen to his music. Yeah, I want to blast like, it. It's club music. It's, it's part intentionally of the experience. Guys, um, this was so fun. We're gonna play you out with <laughs> a track from Goof Troop for the SNES, and it's it's actually quite good. Um, I was surprised that this made the cut, but it's good. It's called Illusion, which is Castle Dungeon, composed by Yuki Satomura. Will, did you have a good time? I had a great time. Uh, do you guys have plans for Halloween? We're going to get trick-or-treaters, our neighbors have said. They said, be prepared, you're going to get oh some. So we'll probably just, you know, enjoy that, get some candy, and just kind of hand oh, them out. I don't think any so other fun. plans other than I'm that. I'm so yeah. jealous. I yeah, we're still, we're still, maybe you can come over. Yeah, I mean, we're still unpacking and stuff, and so it's kind of a long Ooh, process. Yeah, we should come over um, and watch Halloween movies. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Emma Absolutely. and I have a good uh, couple's costume idea. We're going to be Wreck-It Ralph and yeah, Vanellope you told me von Schweetz. That's a really good idea. I don't know. I don't know fun. if we're gonna go anywhere, so we might just try to keep something. Yeah, but if simple. you have trick or treaters, you gotta. Yeah, have we'll do. So, we'll do something for sure. Oh my yeah. god, that's so cool that you guys are gonna have trick or treaters. Yeah, we never even had that growing up because our house mm-hmm. was kind of tucked away in a strange place. Right. That's well, so guys, fun. like I said, we're gonna play you out with this with this goof troop track. I think that's about it. Got anything else, Will? Oh, guys, next week is the start of Nintendo Month. Yeah. Oh, I love Nintendo. And I've been in such <laughs> good spirits about them for the last few. Like, the Switch has yeah. been such a success, and there have been so many great games. Yeah, so look forward to some awesome episode topics. We just finalized what we're going to do. Um, I think that's about it. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. <laughs>